Hello, welcome to Rocket, Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm Simone de Rochefort, and I'm here today with Brianna Wu, Head of Development at Giant Space Cat. How are you doing today, Brianna? Simone, are, are you doing okay? Christina, are you are you okay today? I am I'm very, the kind of person I am, I'm very concerned about both of you. Because unlike that character in the Law and Order episode, when things happen to people around me, like, I care. So, Simone, if you were to be kidnapped, like, I would <laughs> I would stop shipping my game. I just want to put that out there for everyone. Okay, and I'll remember I just, that. I'll I just remember want people to know kidnapped. that about me. So, okay. <laughs> Did you watch the episode? I haven't seen it yet, but, you know, Chelsea was telling me some things about it. Oh, it's like, boy. oh, God, I guess I don't come off super great in it. So. Oh, no. <laughs> well, it's not just you. It's you, Ananita, and Zoe. Right. It's not just you. Right. So all the mean parts were one of those other people. Exactly. Exactly. Me, so. We just we just blame it on... on, right. on right. Anyone else. On one of, Anyone else. Just blame it on anybody else. Right. The, all the good okay. parts are you. Right. And all the other parts, you know, we... That's probably where they like added creatively because there are no bad parts to me, Zoe. Or I, was, right? I was gonna say, yeah. I was gonna say, all three of you are really awesome. So that that's it's ripped from the headlines, but only in theory. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, like, you only have bits to of it are add negative bits to a character to make sure that they're compelling in fiction. Whereas in real life, you can be perfect as Brianna is. Right. Yeah. And this is true. I'm yeah, a bag of yeah. sunshine. You know, twenty four seven. Yeah. <laughs> now I sympathize. It must have been hard for those writers to. <laughs> I, I can't wait to watch the episode. I'm going to go home tonight and see if I can. It's uh, airing right now. It's, it's happening on my wait, Twitter. It, yeah. Oh, what time? It's only five here, though. So. Oh. Yeah, I've all got right. time. All right. All right. I might have to leave in the middle of the podcast, though. You know, I, I wouldn't want to miss seeing fictional Brianna on my TV. Right, right. I, way I better than it. talking to real Brianna. Have you seen it? Have you seen it yet? I have not. Um, okay. We got a screener, but I just I didn't have time to, to grab it. I my, my goal was to actually try to, to grab it and then um, actually um, make a copy of the screener and upload it to you guys. <laughs> uh, but that would require actually having a computer at work with a CD drive with a DVD drive, <laughs> which unfortunately at work I don't have. Um, and then just, there was a bunch of other things, crazy things happening. So uh-huh, I didn't uh-huh. have time to, to grab it. But no, uh, I, I have not seen it. Um, I, I will either be... Uh, uh, I'm not. I, I'm missing it right now, clearly, but um, I will. I will be obtaining it through NBC.com or, or however another Very thing. I, I will be watching it. Should we know. explain what this whole thing is about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I think we should. Yeah. We should do that. <laughs> so basically, uh, Law and Order SVU is making an episode about a female head of a game company who is threatened by people online, and we suspect, with <laughs> you know complete logic that that is based on Brianna and Anita well, they, and they Zoe. said it was they said it was yeah. they, they said it was I mean they said ripped from the so. headlines I mean they couldn't interview you guys for like legal reasons they legal said, reasons yeah. exactly right because they couldn't you know didn't want anything to be sued or anything going on especially if it's not going criminal thing and whatnot you know I, I understand mm-hmm. that uh but yeah no they they you know obviously it's kind of an amalgamation of of uh Brianna and Anita Sarkeesian and Zoe Quinn it is so surreal and Gamergate it is so surreal that in six months it's gone from like. Yeah, well, I was, it was on the 11 o'clock news last night. It might have been on. I didn't watch the news at five when it usually airs, but it was totally Gamergate was on the 11 o'clock news. Ugh. And I was like, what the it's it's really surreal. It's yeah. really surreal for people I've never met to have extremely strong opinions about me being the worst person on earth. Yeah. And it's like, it's exhausting. Anyway, um, so I'm betting Frank is the killer. I'm betting whatever the dude <laughs> oh, yeah. character yeah. is in the episode. I'm betting I'm betting Frank is the killer. So that's what my money is on. But we'll we'll find out <laughs> by next week. <laughs> you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. 
Well, I'm very looking forward to it. So <laughs> I'm also here tonight with Christina Warren, Senior Tech Editor at Mashable. Hi! Hello! hello. <laughs> have you received death threats or been featured in a Law & Order episode today? Um, no, I have not. <laughs> well then, what are you doing? Excuse me, no, I did get one, um... I did get one rape threat today from oh. a known troll. Uh, it's, it, it happens all the time. Um, he creates new accounts every other day or so and then, you know, says terrible things. And then his account, but he says things to me and then anybody who ever appears on the Twit network, he really dislikes. And <laughs> so he says terrible things to all of us. And then mm. the account gets banned and then it's fine. So, no, I had that state, but I have not appeared in an episode of SCU. So. What a literal piece of trash. Yeah. Yes, I, I completely. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and, and I don't I don't want to in any way equate whatever like the, the messages that he's in. I, I don't even like calling it a, a rape thread because that's what he's saying. But I, I don't want to in any way equate it to the sort of harassment that the Brie and, and other people have received. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's all the same. It's all the same. It's part of the same. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I know. What's interesting to me when I get rape threats is like it's the ones I the ones that I find really interesting when the people are like, well, I wouldn't even rape you. Like, right. like that's, and you're Thanks. like, well, that's, Gosh. that's like, that's, that's great. <laughs> you know, like that's not, it's such a relief to, to know that they don't, they aren't going to do that to you. You know, it's supposed to be a put down and you're like, great. I'm just going <laughs> to go my direction and you do yours. And that's mm-hmm. great. So yeah. Boy, Internet do I look is weird, to, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> The future is bright. Yeah. Now, now, what about you, um, uh, Simone? How are you doing? Um, I had an amazing day, actually. I, I'm sorry to, you know, barge in here with my rainbows and sunshine, but uh, we found awesome. a Patreon video for Pixelkin today. So I got to have my coworkers pelt me with stuffed animals while I recited my lines, and it was a delight. Nice. Yeah. That's like the cool. opposite of the Gone Girl scene with the lawyer throwing the jelly beans <laughs> yes. at Ben Affleck. That's the opposite of that. That's such a great, Gummy Worms, that's such a great right, scene. Right. Oh I God, love, I that, love that, scene that scene so much. It's better. In I the, love the movie yeah. so much. Oh my God. Have you read the book? Yes. Oh, I haven't read the book so yet. Good. You have to read the book. Yeah, so much better. I'm going to have a viewing party of the, I got that Blu-ray after we talked about it in the first episode and I've been Yay! trying to get my friends together so we can all watch it so I can inflict it on them and uh, scheduling has not worked out yet, but it's going to happen. No, yeah, we had a we had a viewing party at work. Uh, me and and <sighs> some of the uh, some of the interns um, who I adore. Uh, we watched it in a big <laughs> screening. We had this brand lab where we had this like, this amazing TV and all the surround oh. sound system. And so we were in there. We had wine. We ordered tacos. It was like a Friday night, and we're like <sighs> camped out in this amazing room, <laughs> watching mm. Gone Girl. We'd all seen it before, so we were all. Uh, it was it was tons of fun. When when is the Mashable commentary of Gone Girl coming out? Oh. Yeah, I, we need to do one. <laughs> oh we need to do God. one. That would be freaking awesome. You need to. That do actually that. would be. We should do a riff track. We actually should. I think Rocket should do that. I could easily. Actually, talk that's about a great that. idea. Yeah, yeah. Oh. dude, we should totally do a riff track for Gone Girl. That would actually be amazing. I would watch. I that. actually have good news. I will be going to Pax East in March. <gasps> oh, we're gonna hang out. I know. I'm so excited. Oh my God, we'll yeah, give yeah. you an exclusive look at Cupcake Crisis because that's a <gasps> game your audience oh would love to play. Like, oh my God! 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 I would. I would literally die. Except. Okay. Not literally. I, I'm, yes, I would love that. You figuratively <laughs> well, know it. That's now amazing. that we've done our backroom deal, um, <laughs> I was gonna say. Corruption. I was gonna say. You're what you're getting. What access for? I was gonna say mm-hmm. yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, and, and I'm probably people... gonna pay her about a million dollars. Bree, is that? 
Is that or no? You pay me for the press, right? Right. Right. Yeah. right. That's okay. exactly what it is. You pay her for the press. I think what people don't understand is like developers genuinely make friends with journalists, and it's yes. not it's not collusion. It's just no. like if you're no. in an industry with someone, you get to know the people that you work no, with. No, exactly. Well, yeah. and then you know? some of us, and then some of us, you know, like 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 you know, Simone and I, we're, we're just our personalities are such that we're gonna probably like get along more with people who are making the stuff that we find awesome, right? Like, you know, well, most yeah. of my friends are are developers, uh, designers, um, or um, or or in media. You know, mm-hmm. those are like basically the people that I hang out with. And mm-hmm. I I used to always call myself a developer groupie, um, <laughs> and this is before I was even in journalism because I would go to a lot of web dev conferences and whatnot. And like those people were my heroes, and and like you know those are the people I like. I know them; they were like my buds, you know. And it's mm-hmm. like obviously that helps me sometimes get stories, but we're friends above and beyond whatever's happening Hmm. with what I'm doing. And if you you suspect people so much that you're, you immediately assume the worst, like, like we, like Nicole Tanner, no, Nicole didn't write the review for Revolution 60, but like she loves Revolution 60. She is friends with Brianna. It's so disingenuous to immediately assume that because that friendship is there, that Nicole only likes the game because of it, because it's a good game. Like, Exactly. You just can't I mean, assume the, the, that the worst of people like that. Exactly. Sorry. And I mean, it, no, I agree with you. And there's certain cases where, yeah, if I have a really clo- close relationship with someone, I probably will recuse myself from writing about yeah. with their project. That's probably fair. But by the same token, if I had to disclose or if any journalist had to disclose anytime I've had drinks with this person that gave me this information about this story, <laughs> frankly, every single story that you ever read on the internet, whether it's from the New York Times, whether it's from any outlet at all, would be full of those sorts of things because that's how media works and that's yeah. what i don't think people understand it's all about relationships yeah. mm-hmm. it's all about relationships that's in any professional field it's in politics it's, 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 it's just it, it's how the oh, yeah works. politics good lord i mean it's like <laughs> do you just not have a job the people yelling about this i don't understand but i before we get started on the show christine i've always wondered this about you and this is my chance to ask it so sure. you know there is there is what I appreciate about you and why I was so excited to do Rocket with you is there is a genuineness in your your level of knowledge. Like I would put your level of technical knowledge up against any developer out there. And you, yeah. you so it, it, it's so genuine coming from you. And mm-hmm. I, I've always wondered why you didn't become a developer because it's clear <laughs> you really have a, a passion for this. Yeah. And you know it works, too. So Totally. And it was something that I did actually consider for a long time. And it's something that before my writing career took it off, I looked at doing that. Um, it's a couple of things, actually. So one, you know, I learned a program when I was 13. is the first time I, I guess, HTML, which I would only really consider programming, but that's when I learned HTML. But I learned C when I was 14. And I learned Fortran. And I did some, you know, coding. It wasn't, you know, I'm not as advanced as some other people, but I'm good at picking up languages. I'm good at picking up coding languages. I know the fundamentals. But I was in um, a computer programming class in high school. And uh, I did really well. I was like second in the class. And, and the guy that was first was my boyfriend and is was one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. So Collusion. to be second to him, I'm completely fine with. Um, but there were, there were some guys in that class that were pretty terrible to me and that were pretty gross. Hmm. And um in misogyny and these were not programmers in fact mm-hmm. i would much rather deal with programmers than these guys you know these are guys that would be 
frankly, almost upset that I wouldn't go out with them and, and, and upset that, that a girl like me, that they still couldn't, you know, get a date or whatever and would, would, would you know, denigrate me based on being a woman and, and just their whole attitudes and whatnot. Like I didn't, it just made me think, you know, I don't want to be in a field where this is, these are the people I work with. Yeah. I don't want to do this for a living. And mm-hmm. so when I went to college, I, I always thought I was going to study computer science and instead I studied film. Um, and what's ironic is that as I got older and, and when I was in college, I met a ton of developers and a ton of people working and, and doing the indie scene. And I realized actually I would have been really good at this and this would have been completely fine. I wouldn't have had to do, you know, work with these types of, of assholes. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the writing thing just sort of happened. And, and I love, you know, I still think about it sometimes. I'm like, you know, maybe I should, you know, you know, go and, and, and take that sort of route or maybe even do kind of some sort of, you know, product development stuff because I think I'd be a really good product person and help leading teams of what to do, maybe not implementing stuff, but the leading stuff. Um, but I really love writing. And mm-hmm. one thing, because I am genuinely passionate about it, like you said, it gives me an advantage, I think, and I can fulfill a need where I can help explain things to both regular people and I, I can kind of give developers a voice, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And that's, your writing has so much clarity in it from having read it for, you mm-hmm. know. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry. No, but that's, it, no, 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 I appreciate that. No, what I was going to, yeah, but I mean, you know, I, and I, I really appreciate that, but no, I, I think that I can kind of maybe sometimes give developers a voice and, and say things and, you know, maybe play a role in that regard um, it, to help people understand this is what they do and this is what's happening mm-hmm. and also help portray user issues to developers. And sometimes I think maybe being a conduit, maybe that's what's really good, but I do always kind of think in the back of my mind, like, should I just, you know, go into into product stuff? Should I should I get into dev stuff? Because I do love it, genuinely. There's a mirror, mirror mm-hmm. universe, Christina, sitting down right now, this, like, crunching, like, Diet Coke cans on her head and, like, crunching some code right now. <laughs> You're, like, pounding your fist on the table. Exactly, I wanna, exactly. I want to meet that, yeah. I meet you there, but there, there, it, I'd always joked that if I was born, you know, 10 years earlier, I would have lost all my money in the dot-pom, mm-hmm. boom, and I would have. <laughs> I would have worked in Silicon Valley. I probably would have worked at Netscape or someplace like that or some startup, and I would have been somebody who was, you know, on that end of it. Um, and, uh, you know, but most of my friends are, are, a lot of my friends are developers and my husband's a developer and, and I love that stuff genuinely. Hmm. Um, it does make it easy for me to write about it though, cause I'm not writing about it from a point where I don't understand. I'm writing about mm-hmm. it from a, a place of knowledge, which not everybody who writes about that stuff has that sort of knowledge or that sort of innate interest. And so that, that's a big advantage and it's, but I'm, I'm fortunate that I get to write about the things that I love. Um, yeah. if, I, if I wasn't writing about things that I love, then I wouldn't be writing. Absolutely. <laughs> cool. Well, why don't we, uh, why don't we get into the show? Um, you know, so here, here at Rocket, we, we are a nimble team and we are not yes. afraid to game change. <laughs> we are so, not afraid to game change. So Christina had a fantastic piece out about iPhoto and we had, we had planned on talking about that in Aperture. Um, we may touch on it at the end of the show, but you actually just launched a really interesting piece like an hour ago. And this is this is a really interesting show. And I'm gonna let you kind of talk about it. But um, it's called How the Daily Show with Jon Stewart Conquered the Social Web. And you know, I, I really like this piece. And it's kind of looking at how how shows end up, you know, the, the new distribution model, basically. So mm-hmm. I'll just let you tell our audience about it, Christina. Sure. So this week, Jon Stewart shocked us all and, and broke our hearts, at least to me, by announcing that he is leaving, he's retiring from The Daily Show um, sometime this year. And, you know, he's been with the show since 99. And, wow. you know, so it's been 16 years, oh which is gosh. hard to believe. I, I found his first episode of the show 
uh, last night, the night that the, the news broke and, you know, posted it online. And it was amazing to go back and see how much he's changed in that 16 year time period. And, but, you know, you think about it, you know, I don't know about if, if you guys are, are fans of The Daily Show or not. I'm a big uh-huh. fan. Of um, and, you know, but it's one of those shows that's really interesting because even though it started in 99, I feel like it really didn't hit its stride until like the early to mid aughts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's when it really kind of, especially I think during the Iraq war and the 2004 election and a lot of the things going on with that, it just really became kind of this, this cultural zeitgeist. I think for a lot of people of our age and a lot of people in our audience's age, it became like, you know, the joke was always, I get my news from the daily show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people would say that kind of jokingly, but, but there's a certain amount of truth to the fact that <laughs> as, as that, the the a, a lot of people did and B that, you know, the daily show being a satire and being, you know, kind of, a, you know, a commentary on the machine rather than being you know, news per se was actually uh, giving more information and, and pro- providing more incisive commentary on what was happening anyway. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think back about, you know, the thing that kind of made John Stewart, John Stewart, at least the level that he is now that certainly got him the Oscar hosting gig and other things was when he went on Crossfire on CNN. Oh, I remember mm-hmm. that. That was mm-hmm. awesome. It was awesome. Like, this show is so bad, it's hurting America. Like, that was <laughs> yes. awesome. Yes. And I mean, and, and what was interesting about that is that went viral. That was in, in, in 2005. That was in 2004, rather. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. a year before YouTube. That was, if, it, it's hard to remember before wow. YouTube, but that was a year before <laughs> YouTube. And it went viral all over the web. And the reason I wrote this piece, I was kind of thinking about Jon Stewart and kind of thinking about the trajectory of The Daily Show. And what occurred to me is, if we consider, like I do, I consider The Simpsons kind of like the original, the internet's like original television show. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, it's kind of come of age with the entire web. It was around before the web, but even it was on Usenet and BBSs before that. It's it's kind of, you know, it's like the internet's show. But if we consider that, you know, The Simpsons is like the internet's original program, I think that The Daily Show is kind of one of those shows that is grown up and, and, and evolved along with um, the social web. And what I mean by that is, you know, like I said, it started in 99, but it really started to gain steam in the early 2000s. And that was kind of um, happening at the same time that broadband and Wi-Fi and things like that were becoming ubiquitous. And people were starting to watch content online. And The Daily Show was one of those, at least I don't know about you guys, but I know at least for me and my group of friends, one of those shows that a lot of us were watching it on our computers. And this yeah, was in yeah, an era yeah. before YouTube. You know, we were downloading torrents. Yeah. We were downloading torrents. People were, were putting up clips on different flash players. You know, there were different methods you could get stuff. But The Daily Show was this conversation point where everybody was talking about it and you were finding these clips online. And I was looking back kind of at the the history of The Daily Show. And, and it's interesting when you look at that, you know, um, for instance, the Crossfire moment, you know, that was in October 2004. And... Um, Jeff Jarvis, who, you know, is, is a professor and a media critic and, and all kinds of other things, he wrote on his blog at the time, and I'm going to quote this in, in its entirety because Jeff wrote this in 2004, and it's just as, as it's so prescient, I, th- I think it's worth mentioning. I know he gets a lot of crap on Twitter from various people, and I sometimes make fun of him myself, but I got to hand it to Jeff. He was totally right. He wrote, what's fascinating, what's fascinating about the Jon Stewart takedown of Crossfire is not just what he said, but how his message got distributed. Terry Heaton reports that there have been almost 400,000 downloads of the segment at iFilm, which is how I saw it, in addition to countless, literally countless BitTorrent downloads. This was a flood of viral distribution that came from viral promotion. Welcome to the future of TV. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> and that's, and that's so, you know, this is October, this is a year before YouTube. And yeah. he was dead on. And what was really interesting was that 
they were, I mean, that Crossfire segment had as many downloads from iFilm, some that no longer exists, as viewers tuned into the show live. Mm. And and that was in 2004, and that was within a couple of days. And then once YouTube came out, you know, The Daily Show and the, and then later The Colbert Report were right at the forefront of the most popular clips. If you remember Dig, you know, which used to be so massive and so important, <laughs> Daily Show stuff was always at the top of Dig. But on YouTube, many times, you know, they have the, the most popular video listings. YouTube would op- – it was often, um, you know, Daily Show and, and Colbert Report clips that were in the top ten to the point that Viacom actually sued yeah, I remember YouTube that. Yeah. in large part because of the Daily Show and Colbert Report because they were upset that those shows were, I guess, the segments were getting views wow. that people cared enough. And so um, the interesting thing that actually Viacom did and, and a smart thing that they did, you know, and I – the person who was in charge of MTV networks at the time, he should get full credit for this, um, was that in 2007, uh, right before the writer's strike, they actually launched um, a video archive of The Daily Show online that had every single clip of the show at that time's eight-year history. And um, they continued to upload stuff. They, they partnered with Hulu in 2008 and, you know, were finally embraced YouTube after the lawsuit was settled and really were good, finally, about getting those clips online. And what was so smart about that is, A, the segments of the show made it really, you know, catchy. You know, people could just share the clips mm-hmm. they wanted and then watch them the next day. Right. But then what happened then is, if you think about it, in that time period, that's when Facebook is starting to become big. That's when Twitter is is starting up. And that's when people are starting to, to share links in, in kind of social currency that way. And so the show was always part of the conversation. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. it, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I feel like, what was really cool about your piece is it seemed to be kind of foreshadowing the way that the television was going to go. Um, and yes. Christina, do you have cable? You must have cable. I do. You have I do. Cable. Simone, do you have cable? I do. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, I hey, don't hey. have cable. So, um, you know, wow, you're the one. Well, I'm yeah. surprised that Simone's not the cord cutter. Right. I know. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, um, but it's really interesting to me because, you know, my fundamental paradigm for watching television has, has changed. And I know I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I think is really interesting is, like, it, it really clicked for me. The Daily Show was this first show that kind of figured out the the viral online model. And I was reading a thing like critiquing Jimmy Fallon about this just last mm-hmm. week, how he's kind of mastered this viral, you know, thing that's perfect for online media consumption to kind of yes. drive viewers mm-hmm. to the Tonight Show. And, you know, the yes. person that wrote it doesn't think he's particularly talented, but that's a whole other thing to talk about. <laughs> um, but, I love Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, I think I think he's done a good job. But like, I mean, did you see a thing where with Nicole Kidman, where like she's telling yes. the story of meeting him before he's famous like that's genius and it is it is built for like this youtube thing and i know um you know look at huffington post how they will often like take this juicy bit of the daily show and write it with some sensational political headline and i know i'm watching that you know yeah it's it's just a really really great way to do it but it's this is what's really cool about your piece is i'm thinking back to like um stephen colbert when he did the um oh, what was it the white house uh, correspondence dinner yes <laughs> and really yes. upset the bush administration yeah we didn't really have youtube back then if i'm remembering correctly so no, it was all right so it was completely uh, distributed in other ways. So, no, I think this is just a really smart piece. In terms of consumable content, The Daily Show is also constantly, constantly being gifted on Tumblr. And, like, I will wait forever for those gifts to load so I can read every single word that Jon Stewart says 
and that's usually actually how I encounter information from The Daily Show now above a video link. So I think that – That's you know, a really great point. I yeah. hadn't even thought of that, but I, I should like go back and like add in a Tumblr thing because that's a really great point that, mm-hmm. yes, that, now, that it's still persisted in that era. Yeah. I think that says something about the content of the show that people naturally want to do these things. They haven't had to – you know, um, I mean, obviously, there's there's been some calculated effort in kind of creating stuff, but it hasn't been like they've had this overly active social media team that's been pushing this stuff. It's been users that have just wanted to yeah. do this themselves. Mm-hmm. And Tumblr is so um, not overrun is not the word I'm looking for because I love teen girls, but it is largely yes. <laughs> the domain of teenage girls and teenagers in general, I should say, and that like they're very interested in this. They're devouring with this political commentary in a form that is you know uh not unique to digital natives but it's very um common among digital natives to want to gift things to want to have things in those short you know moving picture clips rather also watching videos but gifts especially are just so i'm judging you every time you I'm say s- gifts i'm sorry yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm making sure you say it as much as possible i'm sorry <clears throat> Jif, 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 jif. All right, now I feel better. I I just heard lies, 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 lies. (laughs) So, I I mean, Christine. West Coast, West Coast. What do you think this means, like, going forward? I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, whoever. I I think there are two things at play here. I mean, I think that. I think it's really going to be kind of hard to save both of these shows with, um, you know, with so much talent leaving. I mean, am I the only one that remembers Craig Kilborn? No, I do. The Daily Show? Yeah. And, I do, and 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 it was a different show. I mean, that was yeah. what was so striking to me about watching um, John Stewart's first episode was that he was scared. You could, he was good, but he was scared. He was terrified. He was I remember that that he could. Live he was up to he Craig was Kilborn. he was timid right. because because people loved Kilby. You know, people Craig Kilborn was was a really well known Sports Center anchor, yeah. and then he got, uh, you know, The Daily Show, and then he left to do his show on CBS. Um, and now who knows what he's doing. But, you know, he um, was really well liked and he was kind of like the typical like kind of bro-y kind of guy. And 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 John was knew it was going to be a different show and was he was scared. Hmm. Um, and, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be it's it's bizarre to me to think that both, you know, Stephen and John are not going to be on Comedy Central anymore. And and I, I you know, I like the Larry Wilmer show, but uh, it, it's just it's not as good. Meanwhile, John Oliver, who's basically kind of taken over that genre is killing it on HBO mm-hmm. and by all, I mean, honestly, I would love to know the inside story of how uh, Viacom, how Comedy Central messed that up, how they didn't give John Oliver his own show yeah. and yeah. how it wound up at HBO because, you know, he was the daily shows, you know, foreign correspondent and by all intents, I would think they would have had something in their contracts that would have like the said, we, throne, you know, have, exactly. They would have said we have first rights on getting, on giving you a show. So how they wound up passing on what became, you know, this week, um, you know, or last week, you know, tonight or whatever, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Hmm. What do you think? Um, I mean, eventually cable is going to go away. I mean, we all agree with that. <laughs> and I mean, what do you think the future is for, for new shows like the daily show i mean because as we move away from this broadcast model um you know like i know occasionally the daily show is i've wanted to watch it like the anita sarkeesian episode of uh on right. Colbert, and mm-hmm. you know i went and paid two dollars for it on apple tv to buy it um you know i do you think the future of these kinds of show is going to be these these kind of 
multimedia like viral clips do you think there's going to always be a show on a website on like viacom that you can go watch or do you think it's going to be an app on apple tv that's because that's the direction i believe it's going to move it's like every channel is going to be its own app on something like apple what makes you think that the the apps will be the thing that wins out in the end well, it's not so much the the app itself, but I think I I think it will be content that's created that you can mm-hmm. get anywhere because some people right. yeah. a lot of people only have a mobile device, so it will be mm-hmm. accessible on like a a channel. But I also think there are consumers like me that you know I'm going to want to watch it on TV. But I think it's going to be content distributed that that basically is a brand behind it. Like yeah. um, you know, if Showtime would or HBO would sell it to me on Apple TV, I would very happily pay that content. You know month because i know hbo delivers good content mm-hmm. um so i i believe that's the direction it's going to go like um you know but what, yeah go ahead but what you just described is a, is a channel i mean you're basically saying it's, it's in an app but i mean at this point what's happened the, the difference is instead of going to channel 42 or whatever you know you you click on the app icon and right. that's how you get the content but i mean that's that's a channel. I mean, I've long argued. I mean, I, I, I kind of agree that cable's going away, but I agree. But, but I think what replaces it is basically the same as cable, which is to say that you can buy these channels a la carte, but then they're going mm-hmm. to, it's going to wind up being really expensive. But then they're going to say, well, we can give you this bundle where you can get all these channels together for this <laughs> low monthly price. And you'll be able to get it online on your TV, you know, on your apps. And it's, guess what? It's going to come through this pipe that's already in your house. And guess what? Where your ISP Guys, that's what cable is. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's the exact same thing. We're just rebundling it. It's just going to be coming through the same pipe, but just we're pretending that it's coming in a different way. Well, I think you know? there's a time shift issue. I mean, I can't well, even sure. in 2015 wrap my mind around like, wait, I've got to go somewhere and sit somewhere at a specific time to watch Law and Order. What? Well, I right. What? Well, I agree with that, but yeah. I also feel, but I also feel like there's something. You know, we're still trying to figure out, you know, um, windowing and 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 how you release shows because on the one hand, releasing everything at once is great, but on the other hand, releasing everything at once does kind of ruin the conversation about things and yeah. then you think about yeah. you know like the water cooler moments you talk about uh, earlier today as we're recording this house of cards was very briefly season three was very briefly released on netflix and the world at least my twitter feed it <laughs> yeah. went crazy it was like it was beyonce and we thought that the netflix had beyonce us and they did not they messed up someone hit publish too early oh, no. and then they removed the content but for about 35 minutes you could get through house of cards and so this for the, the third season was up um when House of Cards came out last year on Valentine's Day, my husband and I stayed in all night and binge watched it. Wow! And 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 we because we love the show. But mm-hmm. the thing is, is it's a great show, and I love to talk about it. But the same thing is true for Orange Is the New Black. The same is true for some of these other shows, uh, things like Transparent on Amazon. You know, it's hard to talk about it with people because all the episodes are available at once, and you never know where anybody is watching it. Mm-hmm. So you don't. So it's hard to have like a weird conversation. Of spoiling, like you're afraid of. You're afraid of yeah. spoiling. So you can't have the kind of this concentrated discussion about it at the water cooler or virtual or otherwise. The same way you could talk about you know ER a dec you know twenty years ago. Hmm. And so I wonder if we're going to have to. I mean, I think that there's probably a happy medium. I think between releasing everything at once and not having any you know. Uh, you know where to go of of of, of um, you know when something comes out versus maybe releasing it you know once a week or a couple a week mm-hmm. you know maybe people can watch them whatever time they want but just to let people just to let it 
you know, ferment more. I don't know. I'm sure the next, like, at the very next step is at least as long as millennials are ditching cable that comes with their TV, we'll just be making episodes, as a lot of people do, available on the the channel website. Like, NBC.com has the episodes of Hannibal. Like, I'm yes. sure that will just continue becoming more widespread. And if it becomes completely internet-based, I mean, maybe maybe cable will end up being the dial-up. <laughs> AOL's dial-up, where some people are still paying for it and they don't know that they are. <laughs> right? Like no, I years. Oh, oh, I totally Comcast? agree. That. What? Yeah. No, I, I, no, I, no, I totally see that happening because right now already most most of the cable networks have TV everywhere things. Like for instance, mm-hmm. in New York and a couple other cities, you can actually go to abc.com and use their app and watch live TV. Mm-hmm. Um, any of the ABC owned channels, so I can watch live TV doing that. CBS is doing that for some of their things. You know, um, FX lets you do that. So does Comedy Central. So does uh, TBS. So does CNN. There are yeah. a lot of networks where I can actually tune in live from the web. Um, I have to be a cable subscriber to do that is the mm-hmm. irony that yeah. I can <laughs> do that. And um, or you could get Sling TV, one of those subscription services. So I feel like I don't know if the live aspect of television goes away because I do feel like there is, especially with news and with certain content, there's mm-hmm. there's something about that sports especially um, I think that'll be yeah. the interesting thing to see is how, how do these over-the-top, these pure over-the-top services, Netflixes, YouTubes, et cetera, how do they handle live content? Like, you know, Netflix signed Chelsea Handler. She's, you know, joining them and doing the really? show. And, Are you for yeah, real? Wow. Oh, my I'm God. That's, that's, that's going to be great. That's why she left E! And what I don't know is – are they going to be pre-taping these things or is she going to be doing kind of like what her e-show was and is Netflix going to be getting into releasing a new show every day? Because if they are, that maybe opens up an interesting model, kind of what we're talking about. Because so many of these people, part of what makes, I mean, you can obviously enjoy old clips and old episodes of The Daily Show, but part of what made it good was that you're getting the commentary as it's happening. Yeah. Um, You know what I mean? So there's something about that 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 doesn't quite, you know, it's a little bit different than, um, you know, narratives or even reality TV stuff where it's, you know, episodic, you know, because you want to, you want to see it as it's happening. You don't want to like watch last mm-hmm. week's The Daily Show um, because by that point. Yeah, there's just something about yeah. it. Even if it's something that's timeless, it just doesn't work. It's weird. Right. I like it's the weird. cultural kind of cultural currency and the, the events that we have on social media when something is airing where everyone just kind of gets together and does that thing and talks about that thing. I think yes. that's a great way to, I mean, that's what social media is for, for connecting with people over things that are happening immediately in our lives. And I, I don't exactly. want to see that go away. And I don't think it will because it's such a, a pleasant experience as a human it being. It is. Well, I think totally. the future is going to be fragmented. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we've moved. I, I think no matter what, there will be different models of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, let's let's move on to our next topic today because I would like to go <laughs> yes. about it at some point tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my Man. God. We, we'd love that topic. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little too much. So about Thanks the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So speaking of the internet, uh, Simone, this was kind of your idea to throw out this week. So why don't I, yeah. why don't I throw it your way? In complicated political news, the FCC is considering making the internet um, a Title II sort of utility-like service, um, classifying it as a communication service rather than an information service, which means that um, cable companies, while still being able to set their own prices, will not be able to throttle connection speed and will not be able to create paid fast lanes for certain services, for certain subscribers, and they won't be able to block legal websites um, for people who are subscribing to their cable service. And so they're probably going to, 
the cable companies are probably going to object to this because they consider it um, damaging to their investments in cable. Um, the FCC is arguing, though, that because they classified it as an information service years ago, I think back in 2005, if I'm not wrong. Um, yes. They basically have the um, precedent to say we've changed our minds or we, we have um, – uh, basically the right to say that now it is a communication service rather than an information service. Hmm. And yeah, it's really, it's, this is something that has been, they've been brawling about it for years and the cable companies are probably going to take it to court if the FCC says that this is, it's a communication service because they're evil for lack huh. of a better word. Right. Um, no, they're wonderful. They surely have our best interests at heart. Um <laughs> So yeah, Beatle Town USA. <laughs> Yay. So I mean, you know, forgive me because like I was I was reading this. Like I literally I've been so busy this week I hadn't I hadn't heard about this. But this mm-hmm. is basically this is basically gonna throw them under the same AGS as like they broke up the the telecoms, right? Like yes. AT&T, like this is a flat out service, everyone has access to it. Or, or am mm-hmm. I mistaken about that? Um, kind of. I mean, it makes it it makes it a utility. Right, so it means right. that it can be regulated like a utility. Right. Um, it, it's not the same as with the telecom things when they broke up Ma Bell right. and, and, and broke up AT&T into the baby bells. But it, it is kind of saying that this is a crucial part of infrastructure and thus yeah. you can't do some of these things that they were doing before. Right, like the, the fast net- lane. Like, so exactly. Netflix yeah, like what they can did like, with throttling yeah, Netflix's yeah, speed yeah. They can, when they were fighting exactly. Right. It, it also means that they could potentially, and this is what I th- think was really interesting about Wheeler's um, proposal is that it means that, um, and, and when a lot of this, when, when the proposal for this was coming out a year ago, you know, I kept harping on the fact that, okay, they're talking about all these net neutrality things, but none of this is going to apply to mobile because it was very clearly stated in, in, in the statute that was overturned last year, as well as what initially Wheeler was proposing hmm. that any of these net neutrality things would not apply to mobile. So. Hmm. Which which is awful because that's where most <laughs> that's people where that, that's the fu- all of the internet. Well, yeah, that, but it's always that's where it's all game. going. It's that's a, that's the future. Right. And so if if the you know, and a lot of times the the, the ISPs are also. Do you really think the future is going to be, wait? So it doesn't apply to like cellular. They're trying to put mobile internet under this. I believe that's what they're considering. Yes, they are. Yeah. But but originally, you know, a year ago, even the the net neutrality things that were overturned didn't apply to mobile anyway. Mm-hmm. And the ori- yeah. the original things that Wheeler was proposing before he got all all, all the user feedback mm. was going to be none of the net neutrality stuff, none of the stuff would have any impact on on wireless. Mm. Um, you know, meaning mo- mo- mobile internet. Right. And LTE, and to blah, me, blah. and, and yeah. to me that you know was was a huge blind spot because that's obviously where the future of all the stuff is going, and that's where frankly you need some of the provisions the most because mm-hmm. you know it's the AT&T's and the Verizon's who granted are also in the cable business now too you know but but they're in you know they're the ones who are really doing some of the nastiest stuff when it yeah. comes to making those deals and and they're the ones that are being the most anti-consumer and and as that becomes the primary method of internet and, and is the is growing and is getting faster than than broadband and other things you know it seemed to me that was a big blind spot but what's really fascinating is not only is Wheeler set come back with title 2 but he said this would give us the opportunity to then force mobile internet under these provisions too mm-hmm. which um you know i think people are every you know the lobbyists are going to fight tooth and nail against this will probably you know it's going to go to court it's going to be a whole thing but that's really exciting that yeah. not only has he come that he's really made a 180 from where he was a year ago yeah yeah mm-hmm. i mean i i 
I, I was unable to see any downside to this. I mean, maybe the <laughs> argument that they're putting forward isn't the strongest, like, legal foothold that they could have for this. But I've long felt like, you know, internet should be treated like water or electricity. I mean, it's just a Agreed. vital part of working and operating today. You can't get a job yeah. without the internet. You cannot function in modern society without the internet. And I know Comcast and, you know, Verizon, they're all going to drag their feet and do what lawyers do. But I mean, this is, this is them acting, you know, in our best interest to regulate this. And I think you cannot mm-hmm. say often enough here in the United States, like we have some of the worst internet, <laughs> the entire, like, it's, it's well, that, awful, you know. Well, which, which honestly has gone in favor of regulation, because right. ironically, the big thing that, you know, Comcast and Verizon and all these other people are saying is they they like to say, look, we've spent billions and billions of dollars building out these networks. Sure. And they love to say, you know, we, we, this innovation wouldn't have happened if we had regulation. Uh, well, what innovation are we talking about? Right. Because yes, we've spent billions <laughs> to build out these networks, but, you know, Verizon has admitted that they, you know, pu- that they've taken some of the, many of the billions they've dedicated, quote unquote, to, to their cable infrastructure and, and their home infrastructure into their LTE backend. Um, you know, they, they, they prioritize that over some other things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we still have we have the worst internet in the world, you know, compared to what our size is. You know, we invented the internet, you know, <laughs> and I mean, you know, it was a DARPA project. You know, it was a, one of our government things. Like this is our baby, you know, mm-hmm. and and we have some of the worst internet in the world, and uh, or at least in, in, in you know the, the the major major countries um, of first world. And um, so, what have the billions been for? It's, it actually bolsters the FCC's point because if their point is, oh, we've invested all this and look at this innovation, it's like, yeah, what innovation? Wait, you know, Christine, I, I, are you saying your the- triple play plan through Comcast isn't innovative? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, what do you want? It will give you three products for. I agree. For I know. My, my, right. I, I, I'm that's a good optimum. point, actually, because what the cable companies are arguing is that they're not selling a communication service; they're selling an information service, but. That's not what people are buying. That's not what people right. want. No, they want a communication uh, Optim- service. Optimum makes me buy a phone line that I don't actually exactly. like, use. Like, uh, like so I, I get my triple play with Optimum because it's cheaper to get the internet, the cable, and then this VoIP phone line that I've yeah. never connected from this modem that I've never turned on. And whenever I call <laughs> and have an issue, they're like, oh, what's your phone number? I'm like, oh, phone number for your thing. I'm like, I have no idea. I've never plugged it in. I don't know. I don't know. It's a mystery. It, it's ridiculous. Like you're, they're making the choices to sell these bundles. They're making the choices to make us rely or try to make us rely on landlines, which nobody yes. uses in their homes. Nobody needs. And, and then beyond that, you know, there's no, they're really, uh, you know, the same as, as with water and, and electricity. And this is why I think it should be considered a utility. I don't have a choice in my ISP and I don't have a choice in my cable company. Mm-hmm. You know, where I live dictates what I can get. Yeah. I mm-hmm. can't get Fios because it's not in my building thing. You know, really? I, 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 oh, Christina. I know. I wish I could get Fios. <laughs> I, I am can't. so sorry. <laughs> We're going to get you a support group stat. I, 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 I mean, oh. look, my, my, my internet is fairly fast. Oh and in fact, God. and in fact, Netflix, I will say, my Netflix performance is actually better than Fios because my ISP signed one of those de- not signed a deal with Netflix. They didn't like pay- they don't have a pay for play thing, but they use their Open Connect DNS thing or whatever. So they, uh, you know, I have really good Netflix, but like, but but I can't get Fios even if I wanted to. Like, I could have Direct TV, but I don't want a dish, and I can't put <laughs> a dish. I, I don't I don't face the Southwest sky, so I couldn't put it on my building anyway. You know, I mean, like, I don't have a choice in where I get my internet or my TV. Uh, the same way that I don't have a choice, you know, of who I get power from um, yeah. or, or who I get water from. So, you know, 
to me, you can't, you, you, you can't have it both ways. You can't say we, um, you know, are there, there, there's competition in the market when there's not. And thus we, we shouldn't be treated like utility because no, it's just, you have based on where you live is based on what you get. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I, I just want I just want you to be okay, Christina. Like, Me too. I'm really. Yeah. It is we really sad that I don't have FiOS. <laughs> we'll move you to the rocket compound where we will have FiOS and dishes. Dishes as far as the eye can see. Yay! Now, now, are are you both on FiOS? Are you on FiOS? Yeah. No, I have. Come Comcast. on, come on. What am I? You have an animal? Come on, Christina. I'm sorry. We well, live like look, trash, Bree. Right, oh, we right. do. We live like trash, Bree. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry that. that I mean, Fios is in some parts of New York, but it's not really in Brooklyn, and and uh, I know it's all over Boston, but sadly, no. Ooh, I, Boston, yeah, Ugh. yeah. The down part is you have to live in Boston. That's. Just... I was gonna say you guys do have plenty of snow, though. Oh, it's great! It's great. I took a picture outside <laughs> with me the other day, and somebody told me it was the whitest thing they've ever seen. It's just like my pale, like programmer tan, and then snow everywhere. Oh my <laughs> god, it's just so terrible. So I don't know. Um, I have to say, like, uh, I guess I feel I feel somewhat compelled to give a little bit of a point to the other side and say, like, a difference between some of the nations that do manage to have faster internet in, in America is we do have an unusually large amount of land, you know, like America as an economy didn't yeah. like, you know, like we need our highway system for a reason, yeah. you know, and we have a unusually large landmass to hook together. Mm-hmm. You know, we do have a federal system. So different States have different regulations and like, you know, figuring all of this out is a non-trivial engineering problem. So I do have, some empathy and I do think there's some truth in the fact that like working within all these different systems and like some of the schemes if you read about the schemes they've they've actually developed to like get cables going through land to like wire different parts up like it's there's yep. definitely innovation there that definitely. said well, we, yeah go ahead yeah go ahead. I mean yeah. I was gonna say there definitely is but uh, actually the, the 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 last mile problem which is kind of you know plagued you know the U.S. and other countries too LTE is solving that way better than wired stuff mm-hmm. so that's my only argument. No, there. no, no. I agree with cool. that. I, I, man, we were back when we were working. We were we were considering bringing Rev sixty to Vita, and like we were working on trying to get FiOS to install like a um, you know, something that would basically have a dynamic IP address uh, at our office. Only Vita user. I appreciate your effort. Well, yeah, yeah. I love <laughs> I my Vita. Say, have you played Danganronpa? Wow. Have you played Danganronpa? No, not yet, not yet. I'm playing oh Persona Four right now. Oh my god, we've got. I know. I'm so many years behind. Well, I'll play it. I'll buy it. I'll play it. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy that for you and send it to you. But no, um, (laughs) I was was just gonna say like it is. It was just so ridiculous to try to get this one feature. I was gonna have to pay Mm -hmm. three times more for a dynamic IP, a static IP address rather. Sorry, let's be accurate here. A static IP address, (laughs) and it was gonna like make my internet a third slower, and I was gonna pay like twice as much for it. So I don't know. Um, Barbaric. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. I don't know. I'm, I'm very much, yeah. you know, I thought The Verge had a really fantastic article last year that was just talking about how much is at stake with yeah. you know, this issue. And it's, you know, nerds care about this for a reason. So I uh, think yeah, the court yeah. of public opinion is very, very heavily towards net neutrality. I I can't think of a single person like uh, disregarding the um, engineering concerns, which are really valid. I can't think of a single other reason why someone would oppose it. So Besides corporate greed. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm optimistic. Yeah. I have high hopes. You're so cheery, Simone. I know. That's I know, why right? we wanted you on the podcast. It's because I got so... pelted with stuffed animals today, and I have <laughs> Yay! Disney Infinity figurines sitting on my desk, and I'm wearing a Snuggie right now. Oh, You're man. wearing a Snuggie. Of course I am. What What Disney Infinity figures are on your desk? I have Aladdin and Jasmine. I'm going to play with them this week. Nice. That's, yeah, ex- yeah. that's exciting. We are enemies. I'm pumped. <laughs> what? what? I, I Why? Have... <laughs> because that's awesome. And I don't oh, know oh, that. And I oh. should. Yeah. Yeah. Brianna Wu hates Jasmine and Aladdin. <laughs> no, they're I was going to say, who can hate that? Right. Those are amazing. I have yeah. so many Infinity figures and they don't, they send them to Chelsea now most of the time, but they used to send oh. them to me. And I have, but I have like so many of them. The Frozen figures are still some of my favorites. Oh, they're so... I really want oh Hero and Baymax. Like, I don't even really particularly enjoy Disney Infinity, but I really I want do. Hero I love and Baymax. It. So, Frank and I Frank and I perverted Disney Infinity. Like, we, we made a, a fighting game stage with the idea. It's <gasps> like you get... Yes! You get different characters and the idea is like to use their powers to like knock and get a ring out on somebody. And Elsa is so OP. She's the most <laughs> OP yes, Disney Infinity yes. character. So, As she should be. Yeah. As she her. should be. No, that, that... See, that right there is why I love Disney Infinity because I love the fact that like, to me, I think like I'm surprised you're not a fan, Simone, because yeah. I think like for kids, especially, it's teaching them programming. Oh it's no, I love them, it like, for the design kids. dynamics. I like, don't like it for me. <laughs> I, I think it is an amazing tool, especially for just kids who want to make things, burgeoning young game designers, or just creative, like really creative kids. For me, it was harder to get into than something like Minecraft, even though it's I think more visually compelling than Minecraft. It was a mix of being a little too simple, but also I had a lot of trouble just with the controls and building something meaningful. And um, <laughs> I think if I put more time into it, I would definitely, I could I could get something out of it like Brianna and Frank did. And I would like to um, play your fighting stage in a Pixelkin Let's Play. You should do that. I think that would you be awesome. Yes. We will make that happen. We'll make okay. that happen. But I'm totally Elsa. Share that. I'm Elsa. <laughs> I'll be Jasmine. Okay. You'll be okay. Jasmine. See, there you go. Or And then what we, we've got to do is, is somebody's got to find a way to, to to mod some sort of left shark. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my make God. some sort of costume. That would be amazing. I'm going to hacksaw Disney Infinity and make a left yep. shark. can make my own exactly. Disney Infinity left shark figure. Make that yep. happen, Disney. I'm going to call up my friends at work at Disney Interactive. Where is my left shark cartoon? Where is my left shark tattoo? I have been delighted to see just how much uh, staying power left shark has had oh, yeah. this week. I am I'm very pleased with that. I am surrounded by Left Shark right now because Brianna's Skype icon is Left Shark. I have Left Shark uh, on the wall by my desk now. Left Shark in the studio. Left Shark in the sheets. What? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Left Shark in the the streets. Katy Perry in the sheets. No, that's not right at all. (laughs) Moving on to the third topic. We we do have to mention though David David um, uh, North on Twitter. Oh, I love um, him. He he made us. He's he's working on a work in progress of making us as a uh, as as the, the 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 sharks and Katy Perry. It's really incredible. Um, it really is. It's like one of the we have amazing listener fans. So yeah. thank you, David, for doing that. Yeah. He's the best. He's been a great isometric fan for a long time. So awesome. Uh, let's get to it. So now our fun topic. We got through our adult <laughs> conversations like yes. neutrality and the daily show. Let's get to let's get to our, our final topic. I'm already deep in the gutter, so yeah, let's move on. Simone, do you wanna do you wanna Spider Man? Take Spider-Man. it away. Spider Man. 
does whatever. Okay, so um, <laughs> Sony, oh. as far as my understanding goes, still owns Spider-Man, but Marvel Studios is going to be able to use him in the MCU, which is really exciting. It opens up a lot of opportunities for the Avengers, and I believe um, the producer from the Avengers is going over to make the next Spider-Man film for Sony. I should pull up the article and get these people's names. Oh my gosh. Um, basically what, what we thought would never happen has happened. Sony has caved and let Spider-Man out of their, their clutches, uh, probably for the lure of money, which MCU rakes in yearly. Yes. Do, do, do. You're saying they were motivated by money? I, you know, I, I don't want to speak poorly of a movie studio, but I think they might be motivated by money. Okay. (laughs) I have to, I have to admit, my, my first thought with this was, I'm sorry, uh, but like, I have a massive crush on Andrew Garfield. And I just, I loved him from the first moment I saw him on social networks. Are you okay? He's done. And, and I was just like, whatever gets him in more movies... I'm fine, like Marvel, just whatever. It's- Brianna, Brianna, he's, no, he's, he's out. Just, what? What he's out. He's been out. out. The, yeah, he. What? Yeah, I'm this is leaked. Yeah. Oh no! Disaster. Yeah. So, what? well, a Spider- Amazing Spider-Man two didn't perform to expectations. This is the whole reason Sony's really? actually going back. It it kind of was a flop. Mm-hmm. Um, it oh no, a, a flop that made four hundred million dollars, but it's a flop because <laughs> of its budget. Um, so actually the Sony emails, which I'm intimately familiar with, uh, <laughs> portended this entire deal. And actually I, I even reported on, on this in December, basically that, that it looked like, you know, Sony was working on licensing Spider-Man to, to Disney for use in possibly in Captain America three. Um, but, but Andrew Garfield wouldn't be there. And then the emails also made it very clear that they were looking at rebooting the franchise and were in discussions with M- again. Yes. And we're, <laughs> wow. in, we're in discussions with MCU about, you know, potentially partnering with stuff so that Sony would still own it, but MCU would um, be allowed in to do some of the merchandising, some of the money, and that it, this would open up the ability for Spider-Man to then live in the greater MCU universe, mm-hmm. which he hasn't. He hasn't, yeah. you know, it's been separate. And and it basically yeah. it comes down to the fact that, you know, um, because it wasn't a domestic success, it needed to be, um, they had to shelf plans for the third film, you know, basically oh. fired the writers uh, then I think Andrew Garfield basically pissed people at Sony off because he wasn't very good in the promotional stage of the film. Mm. And then he was invited. Really? Yeah, he was kind of negative about the film, um, uh, Spider-Man 2, in some interviews. And um, the big thing, though, was that he was supposed to be at this event in Madrid um, where uh, Kaz, Sony's um, CEO, you know, the, the CEO of the Sony Corp, was there and was going to introduce him and make some remarks. He was supposed to sit at Kaz's table. And then he bitched out like half an hour before the oh event. God. And didn't I show up. about that. And, well, this was, this was, this was in the Sony emails. And uh, and when that happened, Sony was very upset and sent things hmm. to his management. And I think that kind of was like that combined with the other things. They were like, you know what? We're done with Andrew. Mm-hmm. So wow. um, uh, plus, you know, he's he's become a bigger star. And I think he's adorable, too. But he's become a bigger star. And, and that's like, OK, um, you know, maybe it's going to cost them more money. And so it's it's been a really weird thing where, you know, the, the franchise has been rebooted so many times. Mm-hmm. Um and uh but yeah it looks like it's gonna happen again um i it does really still look like sorry i, sorry, I have so many mixed feelings about them rebooting it i have a series of conditions basically condition number <laughs> one is if they're going to do the origin story again it needs to be miles morales 
because yeah. I would just yep. love to see yep. a young yep. black Latino Spider-Man that, I mean, that's how they're Completely. going to bring a new face, a fresh take to it. That's it. And um, if they don't do Miles Morales, then they can't do an origin story. I just don't see how they could write it for a third time in, it. how is it, like 10 years? I'm yeah, like, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically. Because the original, like, because to- Tobey Maguire, that was 2002. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, basically we'd be talking about in a 15-year time period, if yeah. they're talking about 2017, um, three origin stories. That's too many. You know, I mean, at that point, like, People what are we going to do the Hulk again? No, it's like, what, it's like, what are we going to do the Hulk again, too? I mean, you know. <laughs> Yeah. God, please let's not do the Hulk again. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, let's do the Hulk the again. It's time. Yeah, hey, hey. We're just going to keep making the Hulk. Well, I was going to say, well, they have suck, had three, right? well, with yeah. the Avengers, and we've had three Hulks, and, and, and again, it was one of those things, three Hulks in like 10, in like 15 years, you know? I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. I don't know. I guess it's like, I, it's just so weird to me, because I remember when they were talking about rebooting the franchise, you know, back before, you know, Andrew Garfield got mm-hmm. it. And I was like, wow, this is so quick. And then I read it was like they either had to use it yes, or lose it. Yes, that's exactly what know? it was. <laughs> and it went, went over to, uh, you know, before, it, before they, they basically lose the rights. Right. And, so. and that, that, that was yeah. the big thing with, with the reboot this time. And, and they did, they re-upped things when the Disney deal happened, where basically they do own right. Spider-Man for perpetuity in film. Um, but the thing is, is that, you know, they still have certain deadlines for production dates. They have to be done. Yeah. And these these films are expensive to make. They're expensive to market. The merchandising, according to the Sony emails, had, had also been fairly low. The toy stuff had not been good for The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't end up making a lot of money on that. Meanwhile, you know, MCU kills it on that yeah. stuff. You know, and that's one of the things that Disney in particular is really good at. So, you know, when they were trying to figure out the deals with this beforehand, um, it, you know, according to the emails, I think that was kind of coming down to it. And this was all in Amy Pascal's email inbox. And, and Amy Pascal, of course, was laid off. Well, not laid off. She was... Bless her heart. Uh, she was downsized. <laughs> she's no longer the president <laughs> of, of Sony. Um, uh, she she's will no be working the studio. on She the still will Spider-Man. be working on the Spider-Man films because she's been given her own production studio within Sony and her own mm-hmm. slate of films. So that that's what they do when they fire you um, when you've been at a job that long is, is that they give wow. you your own production shingle. Well, yeah, I mean, it. it was probably negotiated. It was probably negotiated as part of our contract extension um, mm-hmm. back in, uh, you know, a couple years ago before all this stuff, but she's, Head up, she's headed up the Spider-Man franchise since the beginning, and she's got a really good eye for it. And so, yeah. you know, when they were looking for, you know, all the other issues that she might have had aside, you know, she's she's done a good job with with, with Spider-Man and, and keeping it with Sony. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that I'm excited about the fact that Marvel will be involved, though. Like, I think yeah. that it's a good thing, and I think it's a really good thing that for future, you know, Avenger films or that sort of thing that will that Spider-Man will be able to be part of the team. Yeah, you know, that the, 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 the universe will actually be able to like acknowledge that he exists because it's been weird that you've got had all the other characters there but they haven't been part of it yeah i'm now we can just get x-men in the fold too (laughs) please that's the next step i think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because marvel or marvel studios is so notoriously picky about you know their production cycles what goes into those films like they're really masterfully tied together and produced i mean pulk movies aside so it'll be really interesting to see what they allow Sony to do and just how close that working relationship is outside of the MCU films and in the spider the Sony Spider-Man films. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> the future. 
I just, I feel, I, I feel like as we're having this discussion, I'm trying to come to grips with the fact there's not going to be an amazing Spider-Man 3. That's so sad. I'm sorry we had to break I, it to I you thought, like this. I know, right? No, I, I really love uh, Emma Stone. I thought she was like, I don't like Kirsten Dunst very no, much. Emma, Emma was great. She, Emma, Emma, Emma was, was, a, was, was perfect. Yeah. Right. And like watching, like even watching her promote the last movie, like she had some really great moments. She's charming. I just... She's she very is. charming. She's, she's she she held her own for every mm-hmm. every bit of that. And, Plus, yeah, they're together was... in real life, which yes. just makes it adorable. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to come to grips with all this. This is terrible. This is terrible. But I mean, what direction could you possibly? So they are they're going to reboot it? Like, I hope. What? I'm trying to think how you fix this mess. <laughs> Even it's the Marvel universe, and you can do anything. I'm like. How do they, are you, wow. Well, I mean, I think the interesting thing is that, you know, there are so many Spider-Mans that they could take. You know, they've done the Amazing Spider-Man, they've done Spider-Man, but they could do Ultimate Spider-Man. You know, there are many different, mm-hmm. like, parts of, of the comic series that they could take on and different parts of, of, of the, of, of the you know, linear storyline, they wouldn't have to do a reboot. Because, I mean, I think at yeah. this point, you don't have to do an origin story because everybody knows the origin. So you can maybe, like, explore Spider-Man if you was to take place in, in a different sort of context. Yeah. Right, right. Well, that's where it comes to Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but but I think you could do him even without doing an origin story. Yeah, hmm. just jump yeah, right yeah. into his. Just story. jump right in and just, just exactly because I mean at this point, yeah, we, yeah, we, we've had, just we, just leap into it, just go for it, <laughs> just go for it, people, like Spider Man from a skyscraper. Gonna... Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, cultural, just don't address it. like it's culturally ingrained now. We know where Spider Man came from, and I think exactly. like MCU took a risk with the Winter Soldier, even though we technically had met Bucky before. It's been years since the first Captain America, and that was not a very, I guess. Um, popular film as far as mcu goes but they took a risk telling bucky's story and it really paid off and i think that they brought him in in a way that was adequately understandable to people who maybe had skipped the first captain america or people who weren't knowledgeable about the winter soldier and where he came from and i'm yeah they, if they can do that with bucky they can do that with spider-man easily <laughs> because oh, we know totally. so much about him now we do know so much yeah. about it. I mean, that's the thing is is that we've had two origin stories in ten years, so <laughs> we don't need yeah. to have another one. I mean, I think of all of them, other than Batman, there there's there's no other superhero that we know the origin mm-hmm. story of more because we've seen it so many times. Yeah. So if I don't get another origin story. I'm not in for Spider-Man three two. <laughs> I'm not in. For that. Brianna is boycotting. <laughs> Right, right. With great power comes great responsibility. If you don't Again. hear that, exactly. If you don't hear that for a third time, if Uncle if Uncle right. Ben doesn't get get murdered for a third time, so wait, okay, so it's not going to be it's not going to be Amazing Spider Man three two. It's going to be Amazing Spider Man one three. Is that what you're <laughs> that's, that's exactly that, it. That's exactly is that it. what we're going to get. Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. Hold Nailed on. It. I'm writing all this down. Okay. Okay. Did you guys hear that rumor that they're talking about Angelina Jolie for um uh to do the Captain Marvel movie? Have you have you guys heard that? I, I heard that today from you, and oh that's my amazing. God. I Dude, also heard I that today from you, had, and I freaked out. I mean, out. yeah. I really, I want to see. I, that. I thought uh, Unbroken was really. good. I thought good. Unbroken was really good, and and she's so hot and she's awesome. She did a great eye for the <laughs> costumes. I know, I know, she and would. I, yeah. I, I know. I'm not supposed to talk about her hotness in in, in relation to her directing ability because it's not related. But I just she would, but she's it's related. Yeah, but I just have to mention her hotness because she's so hot. 
And, and, you know, but she's Christina's amazing. getting I love, a little I love breathless her. there. <laughs> I am. I, I love Angelina Jolie. Like, yeah. I make no mistake. How can you not love her? I, I mean, ever since Girl Interrupted. Uh, Gia like, for me. Wow. Gia. Right, I remember watching right, right. Gia on HBO when I was like, sec- I was like 16. Yeah. And I was like, she's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's true. I can't today. believe this. And then, and then, like, a few minutes later in the makeup, she's like dying of AIDS. And I'm like, but it's you fine. were so beautiful. Um, <laughs> no, but she's she's a really good director. She's really talented. She would have a good eye, I think, for the costumes and for the look and feel mm-hmm. and stuff. And then she's really great with the physicality and emotion stuff. Plus, you know that there'd be some great female characters. I can. I thought I thought that whole movie was just like watching this dude suffer. For like, yes, for like two hours, and I I don't know. I think. Um, I, I actually didn't know she directed until the very end of it, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> so I don't know. I would like to. I would like to see that. Yeah, so. More women in the MCU, in front of and behind the camera. Yes, please. Absolutely, everywhere, mm-hmm. everywhere. You know, my comics money is good, and like, I will buy any any. Like, oh my god, did you guys see that they're doing an Avengers uh, series with like all women? Yeah, and Dazzler. Dazzler, who is my favorite character for a reason I don't understand, is, like, going to be part of the cast. Like, I love Dazzler, and she's so stupid and awesome (laughs) at the same time. So I I don't even understand it. Oh, my God. I'm literally going to spend the rest of my day, I guess, reading up on (laughs) Marvel news. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You want to you want to understand the mythos of Dazzler. I, I do. It's really <laughs> important. And what I couldn't figure out from that cover is they still have her in her seventies outfit. Amazing. Like they didn't go for eighties Dazzler. <gasps> they went for seventies. Oh my god! Then that's even so better. It's like, I know, right? It, it is. doesn't make any sense in like any context. Like, why would someone like be wearing a seventies disco outfit? Like the character. Why they would created, you not? Right. Okay. Well. <laughs> because she looks amazing in her seventies disco outfit, where she's just like, ah, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. If you and have it, the it, choice it, and you choose to not go with the seventies disco outfit, then you are gravely in the wrong. All right, gravely. gravely. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be the the title. <laughs> I think so. Gravely in the Gra- wrong. Gravely in the wrong. That's why I wear my bell bottom glitter pantsuit every day of my life. Uh, Simone, the next time I watch a Pixelkin video, if you're not wearing a Dazzler outfit, <laughs> I'm going to write Nicole like the angriest email. <laughs> I'm going to go like Gamergate. Like, you're going to get all kinds of terrible, terrible things about you. I want to see that happen. No excuses. All right. All right. I'll make, I'll make it happen for you. Okay. Please. <laughs> Please don't. By the way, as we're doing this episode, Amanda is watching oh, the no. Law and Order episode and just oh, giving no. me a live. It's, she's like, never watch it. It's like a cartoon version of these events. It's now my worst nightmare. Oh my they don't call it 8chan. They combine Reddit and 8chan into Reddit. <gasps> nice. <laughs> well, they did- well, see, here's the thing. They didn't. They didn't want uh, advanced media to sue them. They didn't. They, they they didn't want Conde to be like, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I can't top it's... that. So cool, Simone. I'm gonna throw it over to you for what are we All doing right, this cool. week? Um, what I'm what I'm doing this week. Um, I am really excited for Valentine's Day, which is why I'm going to lead this off. I'm going to an- do an anime marathon. With all my friends. No, nice. not all my friends. Three of my friends. We're going to watch Gekon Shoujo Nozaki-kun, which is this amazing parody of romance shows. 
and it is it's a parody but it's done with so much love and i totally recommend it it's on crunchyroll and i will be watching that for probably 12 hours on saturday eating pink lemonade cupcakes and some kind of solid food uh so that's what i'm doing this week <laughs> really big news over here on the pixelkin side what are you doing this week christina uh, well, it's Valentine's Day, so my husband and I are going to Williamsburg, um, um, and uh, we're going to watch Harold and Maude and drink Prosecco at some uh, screening oh. of Harold and Maude. Oh, that's is that freaking awesome. awesome. Is that awesome? Isn't that cool? That's like, the we're, best like, idea. I mean, second best it? idea, because mine's the best idea. But Yours yeah. is definitely the best idea. Yours is definitely <laughs> the best idea. But, but for, for mine, I mean, that, that that's basically that's basically what I'm doing. Um, is uh, it, So Harold and Maude, we're very excited. Um and and work wise, you know, just just filing articles, things are just happening. Um, you know, just breaking news and and writing things up as they happen. Nothing really to report too much on that end. But I'm mm-hmm. very excited about Harold and Maude on uh, on Saturday. <laughs> That's awesome. So, do you watch it every year? Or just no, I mean, year? well, we love the movie, but this is a, a, a movie theater in Williamsburg is having like a Valentine's Day special where they're like screaming the movie and like, you know, so it gives it's the most romantic slash unromantic movie ever. And so it's just going to be like an amazing thing to go see. Cause who doesn't want to like watch a, a movie about like two like suicidal lovers, you know, a young boy and his, and his 79 year old girlfriend, like who really does. I mean, well, like, you Maude know what is I mean? my role like, model always has been. Maude is amazing. Maude, mine too. And the soundtrack at Stevens is the shit. It's amazing. <laughs> so good. So no, it's going to be, we're, we're, we're looking forward to it. All right, awesome. Brianna, what awesome. about you? Are you going to have as relaxing a weekend as Christina and I are? No, no, no. Ah, not surprised. I'm speaking at a convention. Uh, they're flying me out to six different conventions oh in the next five weeks to speak at, so it's going to be heck? pretty busy for me. Uh, but so I'm doing that. Um, yeah, and we're having to step up security again, uh. so that's a nightmare. But for Valentine's Day, I can say Valentine's Day, uh, my husband and I have a tradition that, you know, we're here in uh, Boston. We have great lobsters here in Boston, mm. so we always go get lobster, and he makes me um, he makes me dinner here. I actually find, like... Do you catch the lobster with your bare hands? No, yeah, we, do you, don't. Do you, do you... we don't. Frank, Frank, Frank cooks it, though. Um, but I feel... I feel resentful about Valentine's Day because of all the Valentine's Days I had while I was single. Do you know? It's like, I just, I like the idea of it, but I also don't like feeling manipulated. Yeah. Like, oh, Frank doesn't have to go get me candy. I actually that. don't like, mind Let's just it. have something low key. Really? I mean, I've, yeah. I'm a perma-single, but I, I really, I, I guess I don't really yeah. care about being in romantic. Except for Left Shark. Oh, well, Left Except Shark right. is my, my boo forever. <laughs> right, right, um, right, yeah, right. I keep that, keep that ring finger free for Left Shark. I, I've never really been resentful <laughs> about being single. I actually quite enjoy it. So, um, yeah, no, I like the excuse to eat candy. My mom usually sends me, like, a big package of candy, and I just That's eat nice. that. And I, yeah, I like it. I don't know. Well, I'm not, I, I'm not resentful about Valentine's Day because, I mean, I really – I love my husband. Mm-hmm. You know, I love like having a day this like to celebrate our marriage because I mm-hmm. think I think I have a pretty good marriage. Um, but I I guess I don't like all the trappings oh, yeah. to say like yes. oh the dude has to the, do A B and no, C for you yeah. and he's in trouble. I mean, there have been many a year that we've like celebrated Valentine's Day a few days later do you know uh-huh. what I oh mean? yeah that makes sense yeah i mean grant and i last year like i said we watched house of cards the entire time and, and <laughs> that's a good valentine's actually, day great, last season was it good was a, yeah. it was a great valentine's day and this year we would do it again you know but harold and Maude works for us yeah. with us it's weird because 
his birthday is February 27th, and then our um, getting together anniversary is in March, and then our wedding anniversary is in April. So, like, we've Dang. got all these things, like, back to back to back to back to back. So, for me, I'm kind of like, you know, Valentine's Day is cool and all, but, like, we've got, like, to me, bigger, more important days yeah. to, like, celebrate our love for one another. So, it's just, you know, we, we do something together. But, yeah, you know, I'm with you not loving, like, feeling, like, the manipulation, yeah. the, the attempts yeah. at manipulation for stuff. But I feel like I also do love to – I always get little, like, like cards, you know, when you're a kid, you know, like, Valentine's Day cards. <gasps> oh, my God. Those, those were the get, best. I, yeah, and I always buy those and, and give them to people at work because I, I love to. I love oh, to do that. Yeah. That's what I, I miss. You know. If we could do that for every like we used to like make mailboxes in grade school yes. and everyone would go around and deliver their cards and candy that should be exactly. a tradition for everyone everywhere on valentine's day supplanting all of the romantic stuff agreed agreed no i always get you know like like uh, cards i actually need to get some for friday um now now that i'm thinking about this out loud um i have some <laughs> simpsons cards but but i but i need to get some new ones <laughs> get some mcu um, cards that would actually be great. I <gasps> wish I could get Taylor Swift cards. That would be <gasps> oh my better. god! I wish I could get Taylor Swift for Valentine's Day. Oh, Taylor, this too. is my proposal to you. Absolutely. <laughs> I know Taylor I, is an that... avid Rocket listener. I call her Taylor she m- because. Oh my she's god! My that would be the best. Uh, if Taylor listened, that would be the best moment in my life. You guys, like, I was right literally yeah, I was driving much. to work and I think I was listening to Shake It Off and I just had this moment where I was like, Oh my god! What if someday, for some reason, I met Taylor Swift and we became best friends? I was just like, I fantasized about this for a good 10 minutes. Like, what if I was best friends with Taylor Swift? And I, I just, yeah. You guys, you know that, you know, the style music video comes out on Friday the 13th. <laughs> that's really yes oh it God. comes out I, I it, that's my favorite song off the album and i'm so excited we're having a viewing party as soon as it mm-hmm. happens at mashable but like literally as soon as her tweet instagram facebook all went out with the preview <laughs> of the video there was there was like mini screams in the mashable audio in the mashable that office amazing. and it i mean i'm so excited about her new music video mm-hmm. on friday the 13th and the 13th is her is her lucky day so it's like perfect on many levels uh I'm it's so her lucky glad. number rather so yeah and she's collaborating with kanye on something? yes yes i'm literally what yes what yes is awesome. it is awesome yes he went on ryan seacrest oh today God. and said that he and taylor are going to go in the studio together that she mm-hmm. approached him she was like we need to go in the studio together and he's like yeah it's happening we're, we're, we're gonna go, we're gonna do a song together which come oh circle. my god you guys I'm, you guys I, i'm gonna be weird. in tears basically oh it's, my god yeah. anyway I mean, you know, like they're obviously both talented, but I mean, yeah, their moment yeah. that kind of led to infamy. That's, well, and, wow. and I mean, honestly, it was one of the best things probably ever happened in her career. Not that she wouldn't have been yeah, successful yeah, otherwise, yeah. but mm-hmm. and and you know, it, he's come back. Which a lot how from I it. first heard of her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I knew I knew of her, but she definitely became like more than just. I mean, obviously, she was big enough to to win the the VMA for best video that year, but mm-hmm. like. You know, to go beyond that, I mean, it became, I mean, the president commented on that instance. Yeah. I mean, you know, he <laughs> yeah, called her, he, he called, like, called him a jackass. The young lady get her award. I mean, he, I he was like, that. I yeah. think it was, because somebody yeah. asked, oh, what do you think about Kanye West? I think it was a jackass. Like, that's how yeah. big that moment was. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so, yeah, I mean, but they're two of the biggest, you know, musicians in the world. She's the yeah. biggest star in the world right now. I think it only makes sense. And his collab, both of his collaborations with Paul McCartney have been really good. So oh my gosh, I, yeah. Yeah. he's such a genius. She's such a genius. I just I can't wait. They're gonna make magic together, and it is. I, that's true. That's truly gonna break the internet. Like, mm-hmm. no offense to his wife or whatever, but like, that's truly gonna break the internet. Is, is Kanye yeah. and Taylor? Yeah, it's gonna be so meme worthy, you guys. Oh my god, <gasps> guys. So I talked about Valentine's Day. I didn't talk about what I was. Working oh yeah, on. what are? Yeah, you have a a job. I believe you're a, a game developer. Mm. 
So, yeah, we made a decision this week um, that we're going to go back through Rev60. And, you know, I have, um, I, I'd love your feedback on this, but I have, I've changed in, I've, I've changed my views over the last few years. And, like, when we originally did the Rev60 skeletal meshes and character design, like, I was really, I, I didn't realize that, like, over-sexualized women in games were a problem, do you know? Like, I was like, well, if they're actualized, self actualized and they have personalities that's all that matters and i didn't really i i couldn't have foreseen that i was gonna be held up as like this uber poster child of feminist game development like i was just trying to make something that was cool to me mm-hmm. so but we're we've been put in so much political crossfire you know because of that that we are going to go back through and before we release our pc version of it we're going to um you basically make a new version of Holiday that's much more armored. And, you know, we're going to basically tweak their... We've already tweaked their bodies, so they're not quite so super skinny. Mm-hmm. But we're going to go back there and basically give them new costumes. Wow. Because it's like, you know, we're, we're held to this ridiculous double standard. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I, mean, I respect that right. you're doing yeah. it, but that yeah. sucks. Yeah. Well, I have respect it's, and it's annoyance. A, Same. Well, yeah, that's how I feel. I mean, I... I've, Okay. I, I feel comfortable about the game we shipped because I think it's... Mm-hmm. I love games with sexy women. Same, same. I just yeah. do. If they're portrayed as people. Yeah. Exactly. If there's, exactly. If it's Lara... Look, if it's Lara Croft from the Tomb Raider reboot, not the original Lara Croft. Right. Here's the thing. Yeah, exactly. The, all the yeah. criticism that I've seen of the costumes in Rev 60 have been very clearly people who are using the jargon to... Yes. To try to, I guess, pin you for making something quote unquote unfeminist which is what does that exactly even mean? what is exactly yeah like i i really appreciate the effort i, I think like giving them new um bot- new bodies oh my god that <laughs> you didn't give them new modeling new bodies for yeah. them i think that that's really admirable and wonderful and making new costumes mm-hmm. is also really admirable and wonderful but the complaints that I have seen about the costumes have not been from people who have the best interests of the Le- game at heart. I, I have heard legitimate criticism about the costumes. And I Fair enough. I, I guess it's like it's not that it's not that I think you can't be like a sexy woman in a video game and be feminist and empowered. Mm-hmm. The the problem I've come to realize is it's the only way women are ever portrayed. That is very and fair. it's like that is when true. you think about women, like I can only think of like one woman over forty that I've ever seen as a character in a main mm-hmm. game. And that was uh, you know, the one from the villain from Uncharted Three. Oh yeah. And I just I think like something I've I've grown to realize is like Christina, you've met me in real life. Yes. Like I'm uber ridiculously tall and in skinny and that that shows in the way my characters mm-hmm. are designed and there are other people what i've come to realize is that there are a lot of women out there that want to see different body types represented in media mm-hmm. you know and they want to see their body type and i think moving forward i think we can have you know, just basically a, a wider range in the way people you know women are portrayed does yeah, that make sense true. to you no that's I true really i think that's fair I, I love that you're doing this. Yeah, I just, I guess, I it too. bothers me. It bothers me that it's that you. It's with a gun. To it's my like head. it's well, once again you're yeah. the one who's making the yeah. effort, and I hope exactly. that other people will follow and also make the mm-hmm. effort. But it sucks and that I, you are have to be the one that's starting it. 
and I hope that and I hope that your critics don't use this as an opportunity to well they will but to to once again kind of bash you and to be like oh see she was you know almost proving that you were doing something wrong because you're making this as a conscientious choice because as you said yeah. this is the only way things have been portrayed and, and I think that's really admirable uh, like Simone says it just it's it sucks that it's you know that you're having to do it with this game and and you couldn't be for your next title you know what I mean yeah. Right, right. Well, can I be honest? Like, part of my desire to do this is I, the worst part of my life these days is I spend so much time dealing with Gamergate nonsense mm-hmm. that I don't get to do any engineering. And I'm actually really looking forward to sitting down in ZBrush and, That's a great point. like, updating these skeletal meshes. Nice. Like, something actually has to do with game development <laughs> instead of, like, you know all, all this other nonsense like i'm actually really looking forward that is to awesome it. so yeah yeah oh anyway so that's where we are side of life <laughs> all right brianna where can we find you space cat gal on twitter Boys. christina where can we find you film underscore girl on twitter all right and i'm at doom quasar on twitter and thanks for tuning in to rockets yeah.